Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello, aloha, and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here we are again. Boy, these Fridays seem to roll around pretty often. We record on Friday. Many of you know that. And you know, we've Go been on Saturday. As many of you know, we're we're on Maui finishing some writing and trying to meet some deadlines and having a great time. We have a son that lives here, as you know, and a daughter-in-law and five wonderful grandkids, and the older of which are gone. But what I wanted to say real quick is when we, we you know y'all we we like to talk about slowing time down being able to really see things and observe things and and not be in a rush and and not have time fly by and say where did that day go and and really be aware and observant and so on and have you guys all noticed that when you go to a new place time really does slow down for a while. I mean, the first week we were here, every day seemed so long, and we had time to do things and walk and talk and get to where we needed to and just observe and be alive and in tune, and the day would be long, and we'd write in our journal about it at the end, and then another long day would come. But now that we've been here for four weeks, the days are starting to fly by. Oh my goodness, they're going so fast. It's been such a nice thing to be able to control your time a little bit. And of course, life has always got complications and we're working long distance on a lot of things and so on. And, you know, it just never stops, but it really has been lovely. Uh, You might be happy to hear that it's raining here today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, don't, you don't want to envy us too much today. It's a gloomy, rainy day. But don't put it in the past tense. We've still got nearly two more weeks, and we're starting to feel a little pressure to finish up the things we came here to do. Pressure. I know you're always so optimistic. That darn pressure. We only uh, we have 10 days, honey. <laughs> Is it really 10 today. days? Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, um, I mean? don't fly. feel sorry for us, guys. We're we're doing fine. But it really has been interesting that I've been able to do some things that I just have been on the back burner for so long. I've been working on uh, our family history, our travel history, which I think I mentioned last time, which has just been fascinating. It's like 15 years ago. And so it's amazing how much you forget if you don't have it down. I yeah, just happened to be blogging at that time. I've logged everything and uh, not everything because I were wishing I'd put in a few more things. But it really is fascinating to go back in time a little bit and see. Sometimes life changes so gradually that you just don't realize what's going on. But all the kids were gone. We were traveling uh, almost, well, half of the time. I'm going on a nice walk in the forest later today with our son, Jonah, who lives here and who we love being around and being with. And uh, our daughter was here yesterday, Shawnee, who many of you know, many of you listen to her podcast and read her blog. And um, 71toes.com, in fact. She just got back from Sierra Leone, we should talk a little about that. Oh, my goodness. came straight here from Sierra Leone. Let me just say in preface to this, Linda, we could could do another podcast, and and we could call it All My Children. 
<laughs> that was the. Do you know that was the name of the first soap opera that ever came on TV in the early days of TV? I was watching a little history the other day. All my children. We could do a podcast on all my children because there's so many of them, and they're all doing such well. I was going to say wild, interesting, it crazy, kind of wild crazy stuff things. they're doing. So here's Shawnee from Sierra Leone. So she and her husband. Her husband's sister and her and her husband got called to be the mission leaders for our church in Sierra Leone. They've been there two years. A year and a half. A year and a half. Year and a half. So there, it's a three-year assignment. But wow, they have called that the Green Beret. Not Shani and Dave. Shani and David went to visit them yeah. for a week. David's a week. sister and her husband. But anyway, they went to visit for a week, and it really was eye-opening. We've been to Africa. The She'd Green been to Beret Africa. mission. I, I, I said over what you were saying, but that is a good name. It really is. There were several that were so difficult that they were only two-year assignments instead of three-year assignments. But now they've gone back to three <laughs> years. But apparently, they love it. They're, the challenges are unbelievable. They have armed guards going with them everywhere. Well, you were saying, and, Linda, we've, we've been in a lot of places in Africa. We've been in Sub-Saharan Africa, Mali, and so on. And we've spent time in Kenya and in Tanzania and in South Africa, South yeah. Africa, and so on. But this is this is different. Sierra Leone. I mean, one way to get right into the difference is that twenty seven percent of the entire country has electricity. So three fourths of the country has. I mean, we're used to thinking of third world countries as well. They have cell phones, though they can stay in touch. Well, you can't have a cell phone if you can't charge it. And there, so this is real, real poverty. But first thing Shawnee said is everyone's smiling. Yeah, they're that's happy really people true. in Sierra Leone, according to her. I'm sure not everybody's happy, but they um, they do have access to food. But wow, that's about it. It is just really remarkable. The missionaries there are amazing. Seven eighty-five percent, do they say, are native? Are native, yeah. But that's a whole different thing too, because they've come from a totally different lifestyle. So many of them uh, love going on missions because they're taken care of for two years or eighteen months. I mean, think about financially. that. Financially, those uh, people who know a little about LDS missionaries, usually the missionaries go from a home of relative affluence and plenty, I mean, relative to the rest of the world. And so usually a mission is going to a really harder, much, much more physically hard existence and going through a lot of tribulation, a lot of hardships and so on. And yet in these missionaries in Sierra Leone, most of whom are native to the country or the area, come into what seems to them to be great prosperity, to have food to eat, to have clothes to wear. Right. And for them, finishing their mission and going back home to their corrugated cardboard shack or whatever and, and, and no money and no income and no electricity and no communication, no cell phones is pretty rough. It's really a remarkable uh, experience. It's, it's so outside the box for what we normally think about as a mission. And so, wow, these two wonderful people mission leaders are just so brave and strong there was some 
crazy stuff going on when they got there. There's some violence going on all the time, not in the mission, but well, sometimes, but it really is such a learning uh, learning curve, but they absolutely love it. And Shawnee and her husband, David, loved it also. Just being in that, I think they were they were okay to come home, but <laughs> but being in that atmosphere. You guys stay three years. We'll just stay for a week and then we'll right. come back. But so much faith, so much hard work, so many hard things. Um, this mission president had to come down hard on some things that were going wonky there when he got there, and he just absolutely amazing. Well, and Shawnee, bless her heart, flew from Sierra Leone here to Maui, and and you know just I mean, she's she's been traveling for such a long time, and she's here with her high school friends having a reunion, if you can imagine. So talk about a juxtaposition. Yeah, not here, not here with <laughs> not, us, not, but on the other side of the island. The island yeah. But um, it really is amazing. It's a twenty-nine hour journey to get there. I mean, lots of flying place to place to place, and then a ferry and then a boat. And then I used got... to say our world's getting smaller and smaller and we can get to anywhere on the planet in 24 hours, but it turns out not to be true. It took her 29. Right. <laughs> but the bottom line is what a sweet bunch of people there who are struggling with so many hard physical things, but is a grand experience. Well, Few of you wondered if we're ever going to get back to our three-letter lessons series, where we try to take one little word or one little three letters and build it as kind of a mental attitude peg or paradigm peg, which may help us see the world a little more clearly or enjoy the world a little bit more or have a better perspective on things. And... We haven't done one for several weeks, and we're up to now number 33. There are about 40 of these, so we're getting close to the end of this series. And if you're curious about those, and if you're a new listener, go if we go back through the episodes, and it'll always say three-letter lessons on the ones where we try to pick this out. And this will become a book. We don't know exactly what kind. Well, it'll become a, a kind of a self-help book in a way, like here are 40 little attitudes or little ways to think or worldviews or paradigms that that we that we find helpful and people can pick the ones that they like but today um it's not a word a lot of times they're small words like slow or low or grow but we always spell them in a way that shortens them to three letters other times they're just they're just they're just initials for something, and that's the case today. And the the words are the letters. The letters are um, K F B, K F B. Now we want you to remember we that. To, well, you can remember it actually because it <laughs> sounds like K F C. That's another funny thing. You know, talking about the third world. We think McDonald's is everywhere. McDonald's actually isn't everywhere, but KFC is everywhere. <laughs> you can go to you can go to these little African countries, and there's a there's a KFC. There's a there's everywhere the we've been there. everywhere. And the funny part is, it started in Kentucky Utah. Fried Chicken, it and the first one Utah. was <laughs> that is funny. But KFB means the three words are no feel and believe 
We're really fascinated by some things here, and we're we're excited to talk about them. Um, the word "no" is such an interesting one. When you, when someone says, "I know, I know this," or "I know you," it's always relative, isn't it? I mean, I know you. I, well, do I really know you? How much can I know? Or if someone says religiously, "I know that there's a God," how do you define what that "no" really means? Um, and how does knowledge come? Some people are like, well, it only comes through your five senses. You've got to see it, hear it, taste it, feel, feel it, it, smell it. That's how you know if it's there. Or others perceive it to be knowledge that you gain through reading and through education and so on. I know more and more. That's why I have education, so I can know more and know more. Um, others feel like there are many more profound ways of knowing that that a spirit, that your spirit can communicate with God's spirit and you can know things by them coming into you from a greater intelligence and so on. So it's, a, it's an amazing word. I want to just introduce these real fast, get your comments, and then we'll go to Breakland and we'll come back and really get into it. But the, the, then the S no feel feeling how how real is feeling is 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 when you feel something mentally or emotionally is that as real as seeing it or hearing it is some would say it's more real because your eyes can be deceived you can think you hear something and you didn't but feeling maybe that's and in some ways, the most powerful form of knowing, do we feel enough? Do some people feel far more than others? Do we have to have negative feelings or pain in order to appreciate the positive feelings or pleasure? So much to say about feeling, but we want to put them all together in terms of how we come to relate to things and know things. And then B, the third letter, believe, um, is that different than feeling or knowing? Is that just a choice someone makes? I choose to believe. And how do all of them fit into religious faith? How do all of them fit into living a full life and really being all the way present in our lives and so on? KFB, it's it. We want you to think of it as an exploration, very brief, very tip of the iceberg, but an exploration of how we relate to the world, how humans perceive where they are and who they are and who they're with and, and how what what is their reality. And so I think it'll be a, a really interesting discussion, honey, even though it'll be short. It will. In fact, we um, we've talked about this briefly, but it we think as we go too. I mean, you'll think of things as we're talking about things. And so this is going to be really fun to talk about. Hang on. We're going to take this brief break and we'll be right back. To talk about KFB. See you back here in just a few seconds. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking about KFB. KFB. Um, knowing, feeling, and do you want to go on to believing. the believing? Believing? I don't know if we should take them in that order. Um, 
But again, three ways of connecting to the world or to another person or to our own convictions or to what we feel matters most in life. Um, let's keep them in order, I guess, KFB, knowing. Um, we have a meeting in our church on the first Sunday of every month called Testimony Meeting where people there's no assigned speakers, and as as most of you know, the LDS Church is a lay church, and people just get up and go up to the stand and and say what they feel, say what they believe, say what they know. The, 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 these three words KFB are used a lot in those testimonies or those little spontaneous expressions of of belief. You'll hear people say, "I I believe in." in the Bible, or I believe in uh, God, I believe in Christ. Uh, or you'll hear people say, I feel the Spirit, I feel drawn to this, I feel good when I'm doing this particular thing, and I feel satisfaction or whatever. And, and then you'll hear a lot of people say, I know, I know this is true. And there are others who are sitting there saying, I I, that makes me feel insecure. I'm not sure I know. Isn't that too strong a word? How do you know something that you've never seen or heard or experienced directly? How, how can you say you know it? But others say, no, I, I know it because I have felt it. I know it because I believe God it. has told it to me. And yeah. so they're really, it's it's such an interesting thing. Uh, others will say, I, I'm not sure we really know anything. We, we we believe some things and we, I mean, how can we, we're so narrow in our perception. We know so little, the world and the universe and everything is so big and we we can't even see the full spectrum of color. We just see, you know, some things and there's so much else. How How can we know anything? And it's not humble to say you know it. You should be learning all the time and trying to feel more. So I, I'm, I don't know. It's just, it's a tricky word. I think we're at a stage in life where <clears throat> we thought we knew a lot more than we actually did. <laughs> uh, because as you get older, you realize that life is just fragile, but also what about the big picture? What about what's going to happen when we die? And is is it like we think it's going to be? No, it's going to be so different. We can't really know what it's going to be like. Oh, I like that point, Linda. So if, we, if we're feeling less sure about some things, or, or better said, if we're feeling more questions, because we, you know, the more you know, the more questions you have, or the more you think, the more questions you have, does that mean, does that mean a person is losing their faith? They have more questions now. They're not so sure they're they're kind of wondering about things. Is that a bad direction? Should we be saying I'm more and more sure now? I, I'm I know more. I, I I'm progressing. Or can they work together? Well, can our knowledge and our questions both go up. Sure, that they can both work together. But we've had reason to think beyond this life a lot this year because you just lost your yeah, brother. Yeah, we lost a little niece's eight year old, and. Wow, you know, when it's somebody that you really truly love <clears throat> and they're living in a different sphere, 
it's um, it's kind of mind-boggling to think about what is it really like when we die do we speak a different language do is everybody there to greet us who is going to be there to greet us i mean there's just so much that we don't know and then going farther in sometimes we think we know because there's these certain steps that we have to take you know to be where we're supposed to be by the time we die but we really don't know so much about what's going to happen and eternity is such a big word that i think wow i mean we believe uh, that we're going to be happy and safe and so on but and maybe everyone doesn't even know that. But thinking about these words, they're so um, ethereal and so unknown. Let's move to feel for a minute. And the second word, and we'll come back and try to tie them together. But I admire people, and I think we all do on, on some level, who, who really feel deeply not only spiritual things, but emotional things, people who... I, I when I really pay attention to a speaker is when they're overcome a little bit, when they're feeling something so deeply that they're they're crying or they're they're choking up or tears are coming to their eyes because that that seems so real, that seems so authentic. Um, there's a poem we love by a woman named Storm Jameson, who's not very well known, but it goes like this. Um Happiness, it is an illusion to think that more comfort brings more happiness. True happiness comes of the capacity to feel deeply, to think freely, to enjoy simple, to risk life, to be needed. We've spent a lot of time thinking about those yes. five things. And and the, the very first one she uses to feel deeply and that and i think she means both good and bad i mean you know those who who feel like they study christ a lot will say that his highs were higher than we can imagine his lows were lower than we can imagine that's why he can be our savior because he he's descended beneath us and he's risen so far above us and 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 on the other end of the spectrum, someone who's never really too happy, but also never really too sad, just kind of flowing along in the middle. Uh, that you might say, well, that's a good thing, mentally healthy. You know, she's not that person steady and not fluctuating, but the highs of the highs seem to match the lows of the lows, and how deeply we feel is a pretty interesting thing. And the scriptures even describe those who have really passed away, those who are are not feeling God in any way, they describe that person as being beyond feeling, sort of hard, sort of not soft in their soul, not able to really feel things. And that's a person who takes things for granted, doesn't deeply feel gratitude, doesn't deeply feel sorrow, doesn't deeply feel joy. And so the, this feeling is such a powerful, powerful thing. Well, it's and- such a huge guide because, you know, when I hear a speech and I hear some new things that I haven't thought of before, 
I and I have the feeling this is right. This is good. This is exciting. Yeah. Because it's something I haven't thought of. That makes you feel deeply. I mean, like it may not change the course of your life, but it does think right. help you think through some things that uh, that you need to be thinking about. And that kind of ties into the third word of believe, because believe seems to be of the three words, know, feel, and believe. Belief seems to be the one that you have the most control over. I'm not sure that will resonate with you, but can you just choose to believe? I mean, can a person say, well, look, I've felt a lot of things. There are some things I feel like I know. I've experienced a lot of things. I'm going to choose to be a believer in God, in a higher power, in Christ, in whatever the the, the the paradigm of that person is. And yes, there are things that make me doubt at times. And yes, there are times I'm discouraged and depressed. But I'm going to choose to be a believer. And what I love about that is, to me, it allows for magic. It allows for things that are beyond I mean, when a, when a person, and you meet people like this, and we do too, and some of them are people we really love and are concerned about, people who will say, well, I, I believe the empirical method. I only believe what I can see and what I can feel. That, that, that's what I know. I, there's knowledge, and I'm a scientist or whatever, and I, I believe this because it's been proven. I don't want this touchy-feely stuff. I don't want this. I only want to deal with reality. Reality. There's an explanation for everything. It may look like something's a miracle, or it may look like something is, you know, beyond us, but there's an explanation somewhere, and we'll find it someday, you know? And what I feel bad about with people like that is they're denying the magic in the universe. They're denying something greater. They're denying the possibility of something way beyond what we can understand and imagine. Um, I remember the, the scientist we talked to in London once because we have a granddaughter with a syndrome and we were talking to this wonderful guy who is a PhD in genetics as well as an MD doctor, an eminent doctor. And I asked him, you know, has your lifetime of science and study into the deepest part of humans of their genetics is what's been the effect on on you over life and I, i'm really simplifying this but he said for years i thought it was moving me away from faith because i'm learning more i'm finding out more i know this now i understand this now pretty soon i'll understand something else i'll i'll keep understanding until i understand everything at some point and and he said, then I, there was a turning point where I began to realize that with everything I knew and understood, it opened up 10 more questions. And I started seeing that the universe was not only, not only worked, it was beautiful. It, was, it had a beauty, a symmetry, a, 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 an aesthetic to it that I think indicated a creator. And so Every every time I learn something now, I think it increases my faith in a higher power that put it all together. So I love the idea of allowing for the magic, allowing for, and it's so yeah. humble. It's so pretentious to think we as humans will someday understand everything. 
So I don't need faith and I don't need belief. So you're using faith kind of interchangeably with with feeling. And with belief. And well, all of it, I guess, involves faith. But faith is such a magic power. Um, It is beyond our understanding right now, but just faith that something is going to happen or that something is right is a guiding light to, to all of us, whether we acknowledge it or not. Uh, you you think that this rain is going to stop at some point. Right? And you, <laughs> we well, have faith. <laughs> yeah. And you said that in such an interesting way, Linda, because, you know, we were talking about belief and most people equate faith with belief. In fact, use them as synonyms. But, but you said faith is power. And that's what's interesting because... In fact, Joseph Smith, the the prophet, the initial prophet in our faith, uh, said it this way, when a man works by faith, he works by mental exertion rather than physical force. Faith is so, so, and and I think that, actually, I love that you said that, honey, because the umbrella that I think goes over this F, this KFB, that the umbrella that you can spread over feeling and believing and knowing and their how they relate to each other, the umbrella is faith. That's right. what faith yeah. includes. It includes feelings and beliefs and, in some cases, actual knowledge. Right. I just think we uh, often think of faith as just a little simple thing in our life. If you, if you have faith and you're going to feel better, you're going to, things are going to go well for you, but it is so far beyond that. It is power. There's so much power in faith and things that people have accomplished because they have faith that they can do it. And then they get this extra help from heaven to bring that to pass. It really is a great power. Now, some of you may be chuckling a little, saying, oh, here's Richard and Linda in a half an hour trying to tackle the deepest subjects of the universe. <laughs> That's true. That that philosophers and prophets have tried to explain to us for centuries. And that's not our intent, obviously. We just, we just thought it'd be neat today to let you know that these are things we think a lot about and that we hope you think a lot about. And so that three-letter lesson... KFB, think about it. Know, feel, and believe under this umbrella of faith. Where do you come out? Something that we're always benefited by pondering. And we want to close by saying that the best thing that could happen in talking about this is to be able to talk about it with you. We hope that you have... We've given you some things to think about, whether it's with a spouse or with a friend or just ponder yourself, because we know there are a lot of people out there who have some great knowledge and some great um, feelings and beliefs. But making that work in your life is a huge help. So we'll see you next time on Fires on the Road. Bye bye. Bye.